0: You're listening to the Piper Carter podcast on the Detroit is different podcast network. My natural hair is a podcast that shares all the information you're looking to learn about natural hair, the movement, the styles, growing your hair naturally and meeting other people, part of the natural hair culture and movement. My natural hair is hosted by LaDonna Sims and Markeisha St. Clair from Hair Goals 313. Collectively, LaDonna and Markeisha have over 25 years of experience doing natural hair. My Natural Hair is a live experience where you can come out and witness the show, meet the host, and have your questions answered. Every Sunday at 2 p.m. at Detroit Sip, located between University of Detroit Mercy and Mary Grove College at 7420 West McNichols, Detroit, Michigan. Join My Natural Hair every Sunday at 2 p.m. to experience the culture and the movement. Subscribe on Apple iTunes or Google Play to the My Natural Hair podcast. And don't miss the how-to lessons, styles, and love of natural hair.
1: All right, we are back in full effect in the Detroit Is Different podcast studios. And it is not a better person to spend a day before everything's lighting up in my neighborhood with than Piper Carter and Brittany in full effect as well. Piper, how are you?
2: I'm great. I'm really excited because, number one, uh, it's been 9 million degrees And I love yes. the sun and 9 million degrees So yay for that
1: I guess we, we sort of can <laughs> say yes for that We can sort of say yes for that Brittany how are you feeling?
3: Never better,
1: Never better. And uh, Brittany we will soon get the Brittany segments In full effect on the Piper Carter podcast I know she's brainstorming What those said segments will be So that me and Piper can get deeper Into the millennium culture Yes yeah. Millennial thought process.
2: Yeah, teach us.
1: Yes, we can get lit and turn up.
2: <laughs> you guys need to learn.
1: We need that. to. You
2: must learn. Remember that? That's my beat.
1: Nah, she. That's, <laughs> that is not. That is not. She was not on that edutainment. <laughs> <laughs> She's more like. Uh, I don't even know. who I, I don't even. Have who's a who's junk. your
2: era, Brittany? Pardon me. Your era, like krs One, like anybody.
3: Uh, Do you have question. that? Chief uh, Keith. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you have the, I'm 28, so I'm like right there in the middle. So I'm still Nas, I'm still Jay, I'm still Lupe, I'm still... Oh, Lupe. Okay, Lupe okay maybe. maybe Big L, I mean, I still gotta do my research. I mean, we still mm-hmm. got the... Mm-hmm. Where I'm at, mm-hmm. we are not cool. Like, y'all remember when uh, Diddy did the show? The, what was Making that? Making it a band. Making band, and he made them like stand outside mm-hmm. and like recite... What, what what song was that? Like, he was like, y'all can't be in the hip-hop industry Y'all don't know hip hop. Oh, I gotta look and at the show. I yeah, never so like show. our cool. generation ha- y'all wouldn't let us in if we didn't know like rock and big L. So uh, this side of the millennial is a little co- more cultured. I'm so I'm sorry. Yeah, we've abused you. Abused we've traumatized you.
2: you. <laughs> traumatized
1: you. <laughs> 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 shaking. No,
2: no, I'm, I'm really excited it, though for our guest today. We have a we have a musical guest. We've been wait, talking about so you, much
1: before you political stuff. Before you introduce that. You got to introduce your homie, down by law. Yes. But Be- grudgingly. Down
2: by law. Down by, down by, down
4: by law.
1: <laughs> but grudgingly onto the microphone. Mm-hmm. But she brought, actually it's her that brought an artist, uh, very talented as we've been hearing and working out the sound of that. But yeah. before that, we have the homie in full effect. Yeah. A person that is in arms with you. Yes. Bonnie and Clyding, Thelma and Louising. Yeah, <laughs> I
5: love that.
1: Uh, <laughs> uh, who was Daffy Duck's friend? I don't know. <laughs> Daffy
5: and uh, <laughs> friend you don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs>
5: <laughs>
1: Foghorn, leg <leg-horning. laughs> <laughs> And Elmer
2: Fudding. <laughs> we thick we thick in here. We thick in here. Yeah, no. This is uh, one of my most favorite people in the whole wide world. Um one of the most talented people, one of the most innovative people, one of the smartest people, one of the strongest people, mm-hmm. one of the most incredible people, and I'm gonna say the most organized person that I've ever encountered in the history of the world.
1: Yeah, she can reel in Piper from being Piper, because Piper be like, hey, this is what we're gonna do. And then it's like, Piper, this is what we're gonna do.
3: <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> she just G-checked us.
1: Because you could talk to Piper like, you could talk to Piper like uh, at three o'clock. And it'll be a whole different thing at 4 o'clock, at 5 o'clock, and then she'll be like, -uh, nah, this is what we're gonna do. This is the goals. What will be the results of this? (laughs) Hey, man, bring in all this organization! (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
2: But yeah, she does uh, her own staffing company that basically handles most of the biggest events that happen here in the city. And, um, you know, she knows how to find people and and groom them into being um professionals. And so uh that's really, really awesome. So um yeah, Miss Nina Payne from Foundation Management is in the building. Yeah, we need those claps.
1: Yes, yes. <laughs>
2: what up
5: though, what up, though. Thank you all for having me. I appreciate it. After that introduction, I mean, you know, that was pretty major. I appreciate that. You know, Piper knows how to get an introduction. Mm -hmm. for everybody i don't care if you are the man (laughs) on the corner with the sign she is going to make sure that he feels like a king that yes that humanity no
2: i just want people to understand because nina you're the type of person who um even though you you're outgoing and you know friendly and all that you're just more of a behind the scenes type person so i feel like when people you know think of behind the scenes type people uh, they don't necessarily understand all that behind-the-scenes type people do yeah. to make the magical things that they experience magical. Yeah, you oh, know I, what
5: totally, I, mean? I totally agree. Uh, yeah. and, and I think in order to do what I do, you have to be comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. I Meaning there's not going to be a big shout-out and, uh, you know, you're going to be on the album and, you know, mm-hmm. there's going to be this big TV interview for you. Um, but I, you know, I'm... I'm Really okay with that. Like, I mm-hmm. give my own accolades and put my own pats on the back. There you go. Um, I'm, you know, and I think that you know, I'm self motivated and driven in a way that you know, it doesn't, I don't need all of the other stuff, although it's nice. So, yeah. So, thanks, Pipe Dogs, Pipe Star. Yeah.
2: And you know what, also, too, uh, Nina got married is it two years ago or three already? It'll be
5: three years, August 17th. Ooh,
2: so, your anniversary is <laughs> yes. coming up in like. A month, because right. now we're in July.
5: I think I have an event, but yeah.
2: And you went to the Caribbean to get married. I did. You did a cruise ship. I did. And I missed your wedding yes, because you I had to
5: work. Piper missed my wedding.
2: I, that was That's one thing I really hate. I've missed all the people I love wedding because I had to work or my car broke down. Okay. I got to come up. <laughs> I got to come up. And then once I come up, I just got to, I don't know. Thank you. Karen. Make you guys go and get another marriage <laughs> so I can be there.
5: Well, we plan on doing another cruise. So in 2020, it'll be our fifth year and anniversary okay. cruise. So if you plan now. I'm,
2: I'm, that's on my calendar right now. Because I and think I gave you
5: that date even. I th- you, I had you, that we you had given it to me. You had
2: given it to me. August and 2020. I, yep. You had given it to so me. So it's happening again.
3: All are welcome.
5: Yeah, 2020. 2020. everybody 2020. in the podcast.
3: So we, so <laughs> I mean, that sounds we just mentioned Diddy. That sounds like some Diddy stuff. It is. You
5: know, you, you know, we gonna do it. You might as well do it. All right. You know what I mean, I'm with so it. um, um, the first the first time I got married, that particular time, we had about forty people mm-hmm. that showed up, which is pretty awesome. You know, it considering it's a cruise and there's a lot, you yes. know, mm-hmm. that people have to do to get there. So, the, you know, I really appreciated everybody that joined us for that. It was
2: gorgeous. I'm like, oh, my God. So you can do it again. OK, it's on my yeah. calendar now. 2020,
5: I'm there. Turn up on the cruise ship.
2: And it's interesting. And I say that because Nina's husband. So the role that Nina plays in events, Nina's husband plays that role like in their relationship. Mm. So like Nina is of, uh you know out front she's making like wheeling and dealing and you know uh, make making um, the relationships and you know doing the organizing and all of that and her husband you know shouts out to David Dave Coleman what up though baby he um, <laughs> and he's a businessman in his own right he has his own business his own company he does, um, you know, design and printing and he um, does merchandise and for a lot of, for many of the huge um, artists, you know, that, that we know about. And he takes his whole sensibility about business and his go-getter-ness <laughs> <laughs> and he brings that into the things that he does to support you and with you. And when you get to see them together, that is something that's really powerful because they are, like, working together, but then they're, like, super loving, but then they're, like, very professional, and then they're both fun. Because, like, if you ever work with Nina Payne, she's all business. But, but as long as you're doing your job and you could go up to her and crack a joke, <laughs> 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 she's never that person. You know how some people, when you work, and it's, like, events and things could be so stressful. You know what I mean? Like, it like, very stressful time. But Nina's the type of person where no matter what's going on, you can always go, like, crack a joke with her. As long as you're oh, taking yeah. care of your business. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's, it's, um, you play your role and you do what's supposed to be done mm-hmm. because that's the standard expectation she has. Yeah. Very it's just a high tiny.
2: standard expectation.
5: Is that high? Well, because I asked you, I, I hired yes. you to do something, yes. and I expect you to do it. No, well, what yes. I mean is, the not the black not just that. yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, like, not what? Ju- you want me to do
2: my job? No, 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 not just that. What I mean is, um, your um, level of what you bring to an event in terms of you know the professionalism and the quality that's a really high quality level, you know what I mean? So that's why you get the huge corporate accounts that you get and that's why they keep coming to you you know what i mean because things are going to be run um on time or things that you know you said were going to happen are going to happen and they're you 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 under promise and over deliver you know what i mean so that, yeah
5: that is uh but, one of my uh, models mm-hmm. i do under promise or so i promise exactly what they want and i always over deliver yeah, uh,
1: yeah but yes <laughs> and she is uh
0: also connected nice.
1: to some very good artists. Yeah. As we've just been sitting here. Yeah. And uh, he's been serenading. Yes, the he ladies has. In the studio
3: uh-huh.
1: beforehand. Yeah. Yeah, he serenaded me. Yeah. Me too. Know, me see, three. And this. I hear him all the time. Yeah. Look at this, look at this game. See? I, yeah. All I could do is ham bone Yeah. I knee smack. Yeah. The knee smack ain't getting you the ladies.
2: Well, it might. They're <laughs> into that sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, Trey
1: Simon is here uh, yeah. with many his songs. Uh, he actually sings and plays, mm-hmm. and uh, he's and writes.
5: Yeah, he writes all his own material. Mm-hmm. He That's writes the his own material too, too. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah.
1: But uh, he's here in full effect. And he's doing something that has not not just only been done for the first time on Piper's show. But this is the first time in the Detroit podcast studio time. The first performance. What? Hey. In the podcast studio.
2: Inauguration.
1: He, yeah. I know. Inauguration <laughs> celebration. <laughs> Victory lap.
5: We liked being wanted, first.
1: And yeah. we wanted to make sure that it was good. So we checked the sound and uh we'll get more into his story and and how he creates and uh goes about artistry but before we even get into that like sometimes when i've rapped before kids they don't want to hear your story they want to hear what you can do first right and then they start paying attention mm-hmm. so with that being said trey kick us off mm-hmm.
4: She's not shy, a social butterfly, the only one in the room. She's so fine with that glass of wine, I think I'm drunk off you. And so many times, I swear to God, I saw you fly right by, but I never caught your eye. Oh, no, I never, no, I never. I want to see angels, darling. Could you fly to me? I want to see angels, darling. Smooth in the way that you move, those tennis shoes and light brown eyes, starlit skies, sister moon. And so many times I swear to God I saw you fly right by, but I never caught your eye. Oh no, I never. Whenever, whoa, I never want to see Lady Jill. Darling, could you fly to me? I want to see Lady Jill. Darling, could you spread your wings? Darling, could you fly to me? Baby, could you fly to me? hey baby, fly. Baby, fly to me. Fly to me. Hey, have you ever loved someone so much you need to? Fly to me. Because there's a light that shines inside of you. Fly to me. Because I'm wearing my heart on my sleeve for you to see. Fly to me. Want to see you, hey, tell. Darling, could you fly to me? Hey, hey, hey. want to see you, hey, tell. Darling, could you spread your wings, Darling, could you fly to me? Baby, could you fly to me? Could you fly to me? Could you fly to me? And darling, could you fly to me? Darling, could you fly to
2: Wow, that was amazing beautiful. So, Trey Simon, um, I'm going to just say, like, right away, that can... So, that one is uh, one of the singles off your new project. And um, I see that your new project... uh, Well, first of all, your first project is super amazing. We'll talk about that. But um, this project here, I feel like um, the stuff that I've heard is very, uh, I'm going to say elevated in content and and in terms of uh, you know just being very self-aware about your feelings, and um, I think that's something that it, that you're bringing to the to music and to the genre, and that I haven't really seen in terms of the new generation. And I don't want to just say younger, but like in newer artists, you're bringing this like self-awareness around your vulnerability. Oh, wow, thank you, and thank you. Yeah, I feel like that's something that's refreshing. It's like, you know what I mean? That awareness. So tell us about well, let's talk about this new project, like mm-hmm. especially that song. Like, um, let us know first like where to get it. We'll say that a couple times, but, yeah. but just let us know like where you want where we can get that song, what it's called, and um and then a little bit about that song that yeah. you just sang.
6: Well, that song I just sung was um called My Angel. That's gonna come out on the acoustic introduction of Trey Simon EP. It's coming out in the middle of July, so it'll be on all streaming services, Spotify, Apple Music, anywhere that sells music, you will see that record on there. But um, I think the July most-
2: July Im- 13th, right? Pre-order.
6: July 13th, we got okay on that? Yeah. All right, sweet, July 13th's <laughs> the day.
2: <laughs> Pre- pre-order. Pre-order, okay. Yeah, get it now. Get yeah, your, check it out. Get it now. And um, say, just say the name one more time.
6: Um, it is the acoustic introduction of Trey Simon. That, so, that song. Oh, that song is called yeah. My Angel. My Angel. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Okay. That was beautiful.
6: Thank you. Yes.
2: Can you tell us a little more about that one in particular? Yeah,
6: totally. Um I think I think the the thing that really builds relationships with music is vulnerability and being honest and learning to just really be okay with being vulnerable in whatever situation that you're in. And when I was writing that song, it was kind of really admiring someone from afar, and it wasn't somebody that I had close, someone that um I had um, true intimacy, but it was just thinking like, man, like that girl over there is just so beautiful. And you are noticing her from afar, the way she talks to people, the way she interacts, the confidence that she has, that light that just seems to be coming right out of her. And um, it's just about having that longing and just being okay with, man, like, I don't know how to get over there. I don't know how to do this thing, but I just got to put this into something that. Some kind of outlet with all this energy and all these feelings, you know.
2: Did you um, <clears throat> did you write the lyrics or mm-hmm. did you, or, or did the music come first?
6: Um, for me, the music always comes first. Mm-hmm. So I'll be just at home and I'll be playing something, and then it's really just kind of like I put the voice memo on my phone. I just press record and I start freestyling, mm-hmm. and usually out of that freestyle, you listen to something, you're like, oh man, like that sounds pretty cool, and then you just start building from there. So mm-hmm. it's just, it really comes organically. It's never like a premeditated thought that I go down, and I sit down. It's just something that comes from somewhere naturally.
2: Mm. Yeah. So that song in particular, in terms of like your whole project, mm-hmm. where did that song come? Was that like one of the first songs you wrote? Or? That was one of
6: the first songs I've really written. And I've um, rewritten it over time, but I wrote that my junior year of high school. And wait, So wow. it's, and I'm 25 you know? now. Oh, wow. Yeah. So there's That's just. That's
2: a mature. High schooler.
6: I'm kind of an old soul. Okay. I'm kind of an old soul. Okay. Like I, I'm not into the hype. I, uh, I don't really like going out. I'm more of a people watcher. So like an ideal night for me is kind of like I'm gonna go have dinner, and I'm gonna go on a walk. I'm gonna go a stroll. I like having like a smaller crowd of people around me.
2: You're, you, you are mature. Home. I'm thinking like when I was <laughs> 16 in like 1988, <laughs> the little boy that liked me. I think he was in the 10th grade. He had his sister write out the words to adore from Prince. And the song wasn't really, like, out yet. So when she gave it to me, I was like, this is beautiful. <laughs> 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 and it was all, like, in her pretty handwriting. And you I got, feel like I heard you. the song, like, a day or two later. <laughs> mm. But to me, like, that's what I always think of when I think of, like, high school love. Like, yes. love precious. And here you are, high school, writing this, like, really, uh, I mean the song itself is pretty, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So it has like a pretty feeling to it, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, I feel like the lyrics um, speak deeper than just like a surface kind of appreciation for a person.
6: You know, I've never been the one to be in the in crowd. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you gotta stand up for the guy that has something so pure and has so much to offer but doesn't really know how to deliver it yet Mm. and I think that's where I was as a a younger person still a young person but um, there's something about that guy that's like in the back that's just watching from afar and trying to find playing chess trying to find the opportunity to really step in
2: not the stalker though
6: not the stalker at all (laughs) no 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 if you're going out of your way to follow somebody around you need to get your stuff figured out (laughs) but i mean like for me like that was high school like i had a class with her and she would walk in and i'd just be like man like that's the it girl you know Mm. everybody's Mm. trying to talk to her she talks to everybody. super confident pretty has good style motivated Mm -hmm. doing things and you're just kind of like i'm trying to figure out my own stuff i'm grinding too but you know, if my path crossed with hers, you know, I'd definitely take my shot.
3: Did you ever think your mu- music would be that timeless?
6: Um, That's always something that my dad was kind of like the big encourager for me going after music. And he said, Bubba, it's all about. Bubba? Re- yeah, my dad calls me <laughs> Bubba. <laughs> that's like my nickname, my family. But like um my dad, he's always like that, you know, big southern guy. is like, Bubba, let me just tell you something real quick, man. He wow. talks like that. And he told me, he said, you know, Bubba, it's about making music that creates a legacy. Mm. He goes, you know, you try to follow trends and trends are cool. It's all about pushing the envelope, creating new music, taking it to a new place. I'm all about it. But he said, you know, make music that anybody can listen to, Mm -hmm. that anybody Mm -hmm. can relate to. Like, I want to write a song that you see an eight-year-old couple at their like 50th wedding anniversary dancing to, or seeing some young kids spark to something new. And it's just about building relationships. Life comes down to two things, in my opinion, and that's Mm -hmm. relationships and community. And music happens to be a beautiful thing that's at the center of all that.
2: You're so deep. That was deep. That was deep, right? (laughs) Yeah. Sounded so, like you a little. Hilarious. Okay. I'll take <laughs> oh, okay, it. Okay, okay. <laughs> so tell us about um, your musicality and, like, you playing an instrument. Like, mm-hmm. at what age did you pick up an instrument?
6: Um, shoot. I was, like, no, when I found the guitar, I was 10 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I was at an uncle's house for a family get-together, and we were running around the house playing hide-and-seek tag or something. And I remember looking under this bed. I was trying to climb under there to hide. And I find this old guitar case. And so I pull it out. And I remember asking my uncle, like, you know, what's this, man? Because nobody plays music in my family. Mm. And um, he said, your grandfather was a blues musician. And this was his old guitar. And so for some reason, I just picked it up. And I didn't know what I was doing. But I just kept hitting around on it, trying to make something sound cool. And he saw how much I was attached to it. And he said, you know, if you're willing to really learn, like, you could take that home with you. Mm. And then um, it wasn't until I was like... 13, 13, 14, I started taking lessons and getting like the basics down. Mm-hmm. And I just started falling in love with cats like B.B. King and wow. B.B. King. At Freddy 13? King. Yeah, I'm an old soul. Like okay. my, my Uncle Todd and he's like, listen, if you're going to play guitar, you got to listen to the blues. Wow. You got to check out the greats. Shout out
2: to Uncle Todd. Uncle Todd hooked it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, um, at that point, I mean, well, let's go back to 10 years old. Yeah. Had you had any... Musical experience.
6: My only musical experience. I grew up in church, and um. That's it was like
2: train. That's like musical training.
6: Honestly, though, it <laughs> plants a seed, and yeah. it, um, it may not sprout with everybody, but no matter what, like it will put something in you that mm-hmm. you will carry with you forever. Mm-hmm. But my earliest, earliest experience was that word of faith in Southfield. Really, I um sang in the youth choir.
2: That place is like a training ground. And yeah, I don't like remember musicians. much because I wasn't
6: there long. I was there for like maybe two, three years. And I That's was on old, the Long enough. Long enough. I was on <laughs> I my went my to the middle school me. there. And oh, really? they're, yeah.
3: You're really rooted in music. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But That's my beautiful. early
6: experience doing that, I was just like, this is cool. This right. is cool. And I was just all about that. And I don't know. And then I'm just, I'm really glad I found a guitar later in life.
2: Okay. And then, um, so when you're 10 years old, yeah. tell us about. Uh, you know, like the way you grew up, because you are mm-hmm. so-called mixed race. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so at that point, had, were you I don't want to say were you aware, but but like as a child, mm-hmm. was that like something you thought about?
6: Uh, yeah, because I knew that I was different because people looked at me differently. And um, you
2: were in a predominantly white environment,
6: more in a white environment. My mom is blonde hair, blue eyed, white is white could ever be white. And my dad is a big black man from the south. Okay. And, oh wow. And it's just funny, like just two very, very, um, opposite backgrounds. Mhm. And so it's funny to things that I thought were so normal mm-hmm. to other people it was like kinda unheard of. Like what? And, um I mean, just the fact that my parents were so different from each other.
2: Like they made two different types of mac and cheese. <laughs> yeah, you, can oh, yeah. you can put it that way. You can put it that way.
6: That's a real thing. It was That's a, a real very thing. real thing. Uh huh. But just kind of like even music wise, like my dad, you know, we grew up like, well, you know, I grew up with like a lot of Kirk Franklin, things like that. Okay. And then like if I went to like what people quote unquote call white church, you know, nobody's listening to Kirk Franklin. You know what I mean? They're listening <laughs> to Michael W. <laughs> Smith and Chris Tomlin or whatever. Wow,
5: which are great artists. Which are
6: great artists, but it was just a lot of different influences coming from different places. But I remember as a kid, trying to explain that to my friends, and they would literally tell me that's impossible.
2: You mean like white kids?
6: Uh, yeah, more white kids. What and, um, like
2: what was impossible?
6: That my parents were that different from each other okay and so they're like no 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 no, man you like you're like
2: that's in your
3: head you're latino
6: or, or something or you're oh, this wow. they yeah. just wouldn't believe it
3: for everybody that can't see us i mean you i was getting the whole hispanic vibe the yeah. whole time
6: <laughs> nobody nobody ever knows what it is yeah, it's kind of awesome. like the, that's the game with me is like let's guess trey's ethnicity and yeah, it's wow it's that that game. That's a it. game that's a <laughs> game <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but how does that make you
2: feel when people try to guess your ethnicity
6: um when i was younger uh i don't think it really ever bothered me mm-hmm. i hated the fact more of not being accepted by people because the one thing accepted, about like when you're mixed a lot of times as a kid either you're not black enough for your black friends mm. or you're not white enough for your white friends what it's, would
2: black enough look like
6: mm, just like the things they grew up knowing. i grew up so sheltered and more in a suburban setting so it was like you Know they'd asked me about like different rap artists or things like we were talking about with like, our generation mm-hmm. needing to know the history. Like, I never knew the history, mm. I never was around any of that, so I mm. didn't explore, um, really that world until later in my life.
2: And there was like too white or um, not white enough.
6: White <laughs> was the fact that I'll remember one time I went to a kids' camp when I was nine, and um, it was actually with Word of Faith, and those I were the go- best, yeah, yeah, it was all... Not in this particular sorry, sorry. <laughs> but wait And I'll never forget no, it. This, um, these guys came up to me because they're just like, I'd, nobody was talking to me. I was really shy. And they asked me, um, you know, what kind of rap do you listen to? Mm-hmm. And when I tell you that I wasn't allowed to listen to normal music in the early part of my life, it was only Christian music. Okay. And so what I remember is my sister sneaking an NSYNC CD. Hilarious. So when they asked me, what my favorite like rap artist was, what kind of rap I listened to. Mm-hmm. I remember I being as ignorant as I was. I told them in sync, and like what totally happened? just got beat up they, at <laughs> church like, camp. Beat up at church camp. Oh my
2: goodness. They were no, like I was just faith. like
6: getting beat on the mm. whole trip, and so like I had to stay with a counselor person there. Like Man. Trey was getting getting because up because you were
2: <laughs> liking in sync. I I didn't even like
6: NSYNC. I couldn't even name you a song at the time. I just knew my sister like snuck this CD. And I was like, oh, that must be the cool thing.
2: Now, are you traumatized by NSYNC now?
6: Um, Like if
2: you hear the songs like, no.
6: No, I think I've healed that place. (laughs) You know, I try to grow and heal from these wounds, you know. It took some time, but I feel like I'm in a good place now.
2: Right. And so how do you feel (laughs) now about, well, does any of that play any part in your music?
6: Absolutely. Because um, it's funny when people try to label my music a certain thing because I have songs that are very different than other songs. Like um, even the artists I look up to, like I like singer-songwriters like Ray LaMontagne and Amos Lee, who are almost like borderline touching like a folk sound, you know. But at the same time, like I love artists like John Legend and Bilal and D'Angelo And even getting into the jazz words of, you know, 1959, Kind of Blue, Miles Davis, Mm -hmm. you know, like sitting in my room listening to So What, and then also having earlier experience of listening to, you know, B.B. King or even going down to Lightning Hopkins, you know what I mean? Like the very foundation of it all. And I just had all these different influences and all of them get me just as excited as the other music does. And I like to think and be proud of being a melting pot of all of that so it's like I don't want to be labeled just one thing it's like whatever um you can put a label on it to relate to it that's fine with me Mm. but for me I don't look at myself as a certain artist I just look at somebody that creates
2: creates music yeah so then how would you describe the music you create
6: um it's all I like to think of myself as a troubadour okay a troubadour is a French poet 12th or 13th century that writes pieces on courtly love and I I'm still single and for me I'm a lover boy and so for me it's just about I take so much experience and I I get so much inspiration from watching people come together uh, romantically or culturally and I write songs about relationships to encourage people to come together and also being honest and vulnerable in the places that I've tried to build relationships in, and maybe even failed at, you know.
2: And you're a style maven. Is that the right way to describe a style you? Style maven. What do you mean? So like you're into vintage. You dress. Yeah, I like. I like very fashion uniquely. A lot. You have a very uh, keen sensibility Thank about um, silhouettes and fabrics and colors yeah. and how clothes fit on you and your yeah. look. You know.
6: See, my friend group was like the United Nations. I hung out with like, so I had a lot of friends that were from Iran and uh, or even had friends who were Persian and they would take me to family get togethers and I loved trying all the different food and they would like just tell me about their different experiences growing up and hanging out with their families. And since nobody really knew who I was, you know, people were really open to me because like, you know, I passed for a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of my friends represented different cultures and even in fashion and style. I'd find different silhouettes and fabrics and things, and I'd like to create my own style. I don't want to follow a trend, I just want to be uniquely Trey and Mm -hmm. be very confident in that.
2: I think that's really beautiful that you're able to um, have that level of confidence Mm -hmm. at a young age. I feel like um, what we hear or see or experience from young folks Mm -hmm. is a lot of uncertainty yeah. Or about um, being confident in being oneself or mm. having the uh, support to, to be able to be oneself. Yeah. So how are you able to um, like fully experience being yourself?
6: I don't think it's a matter of being very sure mm-hmm. of myself. I think it's a matter of just being brave. Mm. You know what? I walked into the store and I saw these striped pants and I said, those are cool pants. And I'm going to wear those pants, and I don't care what anybody says because I'm going to rock that, and I'm going to feel good about that because that's me. Mm-hmm. And it's about making a choice and being conscious of the only person I can be really good at being is myself. Right. You can only be second place if you're trying to chase somebody else. And wow. it's just about developing your own style and seeing the beauty in that. And it will be really cool to have one day people look up to me for being that. I'm a, I'm a passionate person when it comes to seeing people be unapologetically themselves.
2: Now tell me, tell us because we're this is um, not on video. Mm-hmm. So tell us about the outfits that you wear, not like the
6: describe wear. them. Yeah. So, you um, know what was the um, the fashion show I went to not too long ago?
5: Um, it was I forget.
6: What was this really cool fashion show? It was it a happened on the Belt. Beltway.
5: Yeah. By Elaine Group. Um, Social Runway. Social Runway. Social Thank Runway.
6: runway. Yeah. and so when Nina hit me up and said I got you a seat at that, I want you to come I got so excited because she said dress as loud as you want, you know what I mean <laughs> yeah. so like the outfit I had was I had a pair of like slim fit denim that were black and like coated so almost looked like they had a sheen on them with like um, kind of a long drawstring kind of belt thing going on and then I started getting into like tunics where it's just like these big overshirts that you maybe see in more Mediterranean cultures mm-hmm. and things like that and I just started finding these very avant-garde, like, kind of abstract tunic-like shirts. Mm-hmm. And I would rock that on top of there. And then I have this big cream hat from Will Leather Goods. And I, it's, like, big, like, Zorro boy, like, straight up, like, mm-hmm. I should probably have a cape on or something. Mm-hmm. And I put a big old black feather on that. Wow. And then I have these loafers that were slip-on, and they were black and gold embroidered. And they had a fur liner around them. Wow! Just everything super loud. And I'm a believer. You could literally put anything on that you could ever want. Mm -hmm. If you walk around with your head tall and feeling confident, and be like, "Man, I look good right now." Okay. You will get attention, and Mm -hmm. people will um, naturally want to approach you Mm. and just kind of—they're curious. They want to see like what this is. Like, who's this dude with this big old hat? And just like sitting there, feeling good about it. Yeah. You know, people are attracted to just people that kind of. Kind of push the push the line a little bit, yeah. Try something that's a little bit different than your normal,
2: yeah, and I feel like the music that you create right now the, mm-hmm. the stuff that i've heard um it's acoustic, it's really simple, it's just mm-hmm. like a guitar and your voice, yeah, and I feel like even though right now there's a uh, a, a resurgence of like that genre per se yeah of different artists that are doing that, mm-hmm. I feel that a lot of those artists are um I want to say in like a certain category yeah like we we see them like in Europe a lot yeah, yeah. Um, and I feel now I don't know if it's because of the reality of what's going on politically mm-hmm. or what's going on in the music industry in terms of uh, music being overly produced mm-hmm. and people wanting to get back to the basics or yeah you know I get think to that's something all a part of it because
6: uh-huh. I mean we we've seen like this real push with um like you said, very produced music, something that's, um, we've seen a lot of smoke and mirrors. We grew up with like seeing the industry in a different place where it's all about, you know, just um, putting out your best. Mm-hmm. And I think that um we're in a place where people want to strip it all away and start from the foundation again. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm trying to build a relationship with people, starting out my career, starting out my life, starting out walking in my destiny and my purpose, mm-hmm. um, I want to strip down all the walls and all the bells and whistles and it's like if you were just my homie and you were around while I was writing a song like this is this is the experience that you would have just Mm -hmm. me and a guitar yeah just me my life experience my story and this instrument right here in a melody and I'm gonna give that all to you and then you can grow with me and we'll take it somewhere together
2: so tell us about your guitar like my describe. Guitar. Yeah. How, like how many, style, many do you have? Play the many actual many have? guitar. Yeah. Um.
6: So the one I just played is a Gibson J 150. Um, if It's like the big, beautiful, curvy woman of guitars. <laughs> 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 what I does she it. sound like? Um, bright, mm-hmm. sunny. She's got a bright personality mm-hmm. and um, she's very responsive. Okay. And um, yeah, she tends to lighten up a room. Okay.
2: Yeah. And then what other, do, y- do you have other styles? Oh, yeah, like I other playing. different. Guita- I have like yeah. a, a
6: few electric guitars. Um, I have this De Angelico guitar, and it's um, kind of more centered towards jazz. Mm-hmm. And um, then I got a Stratocaster that's kind of like if I'm trying to kick up the distortion, kick up the volume a little bit, and throw a solo down on something like that's what I go to. Mm-hmm. But I probably got like six or seven at the house right now.
2: Different kinds.
6: Different kinds, yeah. It's yeah. probably like my net worth is just <laughs> in instruments. Yeah. Anytime I get money, that's usually what it goes. Mm-hmm. That's
2: what's up. And you started out, which is interesting, because normally well I don't want to say normally, but many times um I've I've heard of like the garage band in LA. Yeah. But you started out with like a barn band.
6: Seriously, I um so nobody played music in my family. So when I learned my first chord on guitar it was from My best friend since kindergarten, Matt, his family, his his mother is the first chair violinist at DSO. Okay, wow, that's huge. She would take us to the DSO, and like it just exposed us to music. Mm. And this whole family, they were all just extremely musically talented. And um, it was just going out there, hanging out, and he got really into like the metal music Mm -hmm. and like um, what some people call screamo music and Mm -hmm. things like that. And so it wasn't like my favorite. I had a a liking towards it, but it was like, I was gonna do whatever I could to play music with my friends. Mm. And so I started off playing guitar in these metal bands and what people call like grindcore and hardcore and screamo stuff. Mm -hmm. And then played in like different rock bands and pop rock bands. And that was like my earliest experiences of playing with people. And then from there, um, I just started spending more time just writing songs by myself. Mm -hmm. And that's where I really started stemming from the real influences and the things that I was, like, um, from the core passionate about.
2: So what's interesting is um, there are people who sing, right? Mm -hmm. They have, like, a really nice voice. Mm -hmm. And then there's people who write. Sometimes those people are not the same person. But you actually write. How did you, I don't want to, I guess I want to say learn how to write. Because there's actually, like, a craft of songwriting.
6: Um, I can tell you a story that'll explain it. My mom told me about when I was a kid. She would look at me and she say, Trey, sing a Jesus song. And she said, i would close my eyes and I would raise my hands and I would just sing whatever was on my mind at the time. Wow. And so you little evangel. Yeah, and so she <laughs> <laughs> She said when I was little, when her friends would come around, she said, I'll close my eyes. And she goes, She goes, I don't know where it was coming from, but you would like She goes, as a kid, you would just be in a different world, just Mm. putting whatever you had going on. You would be so serious about it. And in a way that's translated to today, like when I first started writing songs, it was just, I don't know, phrases would come in my head. And I just started piecing it all together. And, I mean, the first song I ever wrote was a little song called Three Past Five. And I wrote it about the pastor's daughter and about... You know, Uh-oh. I looked at the clock and read three past five and I gazed into your baby brown eyes and then I said, I think I love you. Uh oh. What you happened? Know? What happened with that song? She was my little sweetheart and like I <laughs> wrote her that song. <laughs> and I was like the little heathen at church, so Oh <laughs> well, he <then>. little heathen. Little <laughs> heathen. Mm-hmm. I mean yeah, and it's
2: him. interesting, so um I mean not everyone is good <laughs> at uh at songwriting. Mm-hmm. How did you become good? Because you're really good.
6: I, I don't... I guess I don't think about... I'm a big believer that if you really want to grow, surround yourself with a bunch of people that are better than you. Mm-hmm. And I, my circle is full of people that are way better than me mm-hmm. And whatever their thing is. So I surround myself with just um, other singer songwriters that are working on their stuff, and seeing them being so good at something um, gives me that inspiration to just dig a little bit deeper into my own...
2: How'd you meet these talented people?
6: Um, I say the first one. I work at a coffee shop, and um, when I was first working there, there's this guy that came in. He got these long dreads. He just looked like a rock star, and the owner of the coffee shop knew him. He's like, "I want you to meet this guy. His name's Kenny Watson. He's super cool." Mm, and like
2: Kenny. Oh, yep.
6: Yeah. And so Kenny came to the shop. His
2: voice is beautiful. oh, that dude's insane. And yeah. that's my
6: older brother right there like yeah. and he really he said sing me a song and I sang him that my angel song that I just sang mm. and he said you got something he goes yeah. you got like this eclectic mix of things and he goes and I don't, he's like I don't think you have the head knowledge of it yet and mm. he was the one that had me you know over at his house playing me Marvin Gaye records and different wow. things and being like there's this whole side of music that you have to subconsciously that you need to like get the education of and that's when the studying Shouts out began. to Kenny. And so Kenny was the man, up, that's Kenny? my older brother, the amazing Kenny Watson.
2: Wow. As
3: they said. And that's awesome because, you know, we don't give this generation enough credit for making us work to be at their level when yeah. it comes to breaking down music yeah. and culture and Y'all. Oh. Are
6: it's cool like and the thing is there are a lot of young people that want to learn
3: that's true and they
6: just don't know where to go and it's just like um even like you know kids that are coming out playing music younger than me it's like i'll give you everything that i know because at the end of the day it's just like like i want to see you grow too that's what it's Mm -hmm. all about Mm -hmm. you know it's about i'm pursuing this thing and i'm passionate and i'm making it about being a blessing to other people more than it is about uplifting myself because my confidence doesn't come from that. My confidence just comes from being honest with myself.
2: Mm. I mean, so what is a typical day like? Like you're practicing like 8, 9, 10, 9 million hours per day. Like <laughs> I don't know about th-
6: that. Um, so I work at a coffee shop, so I see a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always work morning shifts. I like getting up early. Because okay. there's um, a different group of I'm people I'm a morning to person too. Yeah, I like it's it. It's a
2: different energy in the morning. Yeah,
6: different. And so I get up and I just get inspired by watching people and I listen to their conversations and then I talk to a lot of people every single day. You know, people always You're a great conversationalist. I like conversations. Words are fascinating to me Mm -hmm. um, in more of a spoken um, form than Mm -hmm. even written most of the times. But I get inspired by people's stories and I get inspired from the conversations that I have and then that leads into um putting myself in an isolated place where Mm. i'm just where i'm only stuck with me and my thoughts Mm -hmm. because a lot of people are scared to go to that place Mm -hmm. and that's where the growth happens because you're only left with yourself and you're forced to confront the things you don't like about yourself Mm -hmm. or build the things that you do that you can start to love yeah and that's when i just start playing guitar and then all this music that i've been flooding my ear gates with naturally just in subconscious just start to come out of my instrument a little bit And I just try to dive into those places and create something fresh and new.
2: So how long does it take you every day to to do this practice? It's different
6: every time. You can Mm -hmm. never some people fascinate me and I wanna be able to do this where they can say, I'm gonna write a song about this. Yeah. And I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna like mathematically put this thing out and give it a real well processed thought down there. And for me it's not like that. Okay. So I can just wake up in the middle of the night from a dream, Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden there's a song done in 15 minutes. That just came so organically. And other times it's a song idea that I wrote three years ago, and I'm going through (coughs) old voice memos, Mm. and then it's just like constantly revisiting. And then years later you got a song out of it. You know? Are you working with other people? Like other? I do. Um, Just recently I started. It's um. It was different. I've never done co-writes or anything. I've mostly done things by myself. But Kenny was one of those people that I grew up writing with. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, Ashley Rose, she's a Grammy-nominated songwriter. Okay, shout um, out to Ashley. From the city. She's incredible. And um, I wrote with her and um, her boyfriend Flaw, and they taught me a whole lot. And then um, I wrote with another, Marcus Mims. He's from the city as well. Amazing, amazing, amazing songwriter. And um, his artist, Con Kilian, that dude's freaking sick, too but writing yeah. with those guys too.
2: Mm-hmm. So your experience is through mostly writing. Yeah. So what's that like? How do you write with another person?
6: It's funny because I always come usually with an idea. I'm like, this is the story. It always is a story. So it turns into usually them laughing about whatever crazy story I have about like, even the single got her Anyway that we're um, putting out on the record, like, that's about me jumping the counter at the coffee shop and running down the sidewalk to get this girl's phone number. <laughs> you <laughs> did that? My, oh, absolutely. <laughs>
3: okay. He <laughs> <laughs> already told you. hmm And
6: so you, I'm just like, you know, I just had this feeling about you, and you really need to text me. And then you just walk away. And some hit you up, some don't. But
3: Trey, you got game. Oh, uh, you know, I just <laughs> like people. We'll <It's> <laughs> see Right.
6: <laughs> I can't take any credit for that. I got some teachers. Wow. <laughs> Nina helps me with my game. All oh, the time. Larry.
2: She's like, don't yes, put me in. Because
6: <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm a dork. I'm shy, naturally. Like, uh-huh. I got to just, like, kind of jump out sometimes.
2: Right. You know, Michael Jackson used to say he was shy. I believe it. Me too. Yeah. I don't.
3: Absolutely. It was, like <laughs> yeah. a, it was like a light switch, I heard. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. There's Off-stage. something about
6: raw adrenaline. From and being he's safer on, stage. on
3: stage, right? Yeah, because he's
5: just performing, he's mm. acting, he's put. But that at one-on-one real and being able to thing. connect, that was difficult. It is.
2: That's I find thing. that difficult. So, um, so like you get with a per- so how does that work? You you call them? You say like, "Hey, I got this idea." You hey, get I got together? this
6: idea. Um, let me play it for you, and let's just sit down and he'll be like, "All right." He's like, "I like. Um, I'll have like maybe a f- a verse, pre-chorus, chorus, and then." Um, He'll just start asking me about the situation. He's like, well, what if you talked about this thing in the second verse? You can, it's almost kind of like having a person serve as your outline. Yeah. Kind of helping me organize my thoughts. Because mm. I'm a lot like you, Piper, to where I'm raw energy. Mm-hmm. And I'm side I'm all inspiration. And so I'm just like, man, like, oh, you know, this is cool. Let's do that. This is cool. And Nina serves as that person that helps organize all that for me mm-hmm. and so um when i do co-writing a lot with these guys they really just help organize my thoughts mm-hmm. and my experiences and he's like all right let's put this in a way to where we can deliver it the best way to people and so i've only done uh, two or three co-writes okay only two or three songs but um it was a really awesome experience of like adding a different perspective to it it sharpens you you know mm.
2: so do they help you actually like write the actual song itself yeah
6: look they'll add lines to it Mm -hmm. but a lot of times it's more like well what if you said it like this Mm. you know what i mean and um it's just about or what if you said it in a metaphor like
2: this so they get a writer credit
6: oh they totally get writing credit absolutely Mm -hmm. and um i think there's something about eventually you get to a place in your artistry to where you need to kind of you can take your hands off some things and bring other people mm. in. It's mm-hmm. because it's through. We're not beings meant to be, meant to be isolated. Right. We're meant to be in relationship. We're meant to be in community. You're so deep. And so, if you want to grow and be stronger in your artistry <coughs> or just as a person, yeah. you have to add different perspective. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty of culture. That's the beauty of people. It's yeah. if you isolate yourself to just one group of people and to one perspective, to one culture, like you're getting robbed. Mm. You need to be surrounding yourself with everything and just be a sponge a wise man told me something that i'll never forget okay he Said the wisest person in the world understood that they knew nothing okay because when you know nothing you can learn everything
2: you're, you're yoda <laughs>
6: <laughs> i'm trey yoda's way yeah. cooler than me
2: so um now you get the writing down and yeah. then are you also recording with other people
6: um, like I'll bring in musicians to record some of these songs with me. And then, okay. um, like I as work a band? with, um, yeah, I'll bring a band in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my producer that I've been working with is Quentin Denar the second. Okay. He's a Grammy award recording engineer. Shots out
3: there based in Southfield, aren't they? Yep, yep. Yep.
6: He was at, um, the recording compound that is now on um, collective studios and he's with live the music group. Yep. And, um, I started working with, um, Quentin. We have our own partnership there and he's been another person surround yourself with somebody that's better than you and that joker has helped me grow so much in the past two years and um, he's who I record with he engineers everything and then you know helps build the music with me
2: mm-hmm. so then it, when you uh, do the writing mm-hmm. um, you're coming in to a already like a song that's already crafted and you're bringing Always. lyrics to yeah. the song that's already yeah. crafted so
6: I'll write the music Mm -hmm. I'll write the lyrics, yeah, and then I'll bring it into the studio, and we'll start building music around it.
2: Mm. How long does that take?
6: It's it's different every time. Mm -hmm. Um, Some songs we just like did in a day, where the feeling was just right, Mm -hmm. and everybody was on that same wavelength, and we're Mm -hmm. all surfing together. And then other times it's just like, man, I've recut this vocal six freaking times, and I've done this piano over another seven times, and it's like, it's more of a process to kind of find that. That um kind of that golden touch you're looking for.
2: Why do you or think that you have the differences?
6: The differences?
2: Like you know why do you think like sometimes it's it's sometimes a I little think more it's me that gets in the way.
6: What do you mean? S- sometimes you gotta trust yourself. I heard something in my head and I just need to trust that 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 gut. That okay. L- that little voice that's saying you know try this okay. or just go with this. It feels right. Uh-huh. And sometimes you have to completely get out of your head of trying to make it into something and mm. trying to be so premeditated
2: how and did you learn that?
6: I think I'm still learning that I don't think I've fully figured it out yet Okay. and I'm H- okay with that
2: how did you come to that the, as uh, a, a revelation a you think of that? About, yeah.
6: um, just through recording in the past couple of years uh-huh. I've noticed like the b- things that I'm most proud of and that I fell <laughs> in love with the most were the ones that I thought um, the least about I just hmm. went in there and just sang. I didn't think about what I was going to sing. I was just vibing. Wow. And it's just about um being connected with that story and reliving the experience while you're delivering, too. Okay. You
3: know? I wish they could have seen, our uh, viewers could have seen uh, you perform because you are so passionate. You're mm-hmm. in the middle of the hood, upstairs in a podcast room, <laughs> yeah. maybe 10 degrees too hot, and yeah. you gave us a... <laughs> You gave us a full show, like Tiny Desk. Conne- yes, Tiny Desk I was concert. very connected to That's it. That. I was very connected to it, but most importantly, I was more connected to it because you were so connected to your sound mm-hmm. and also your guitar. How do Thank you stay you. so connected to both?
6: Um, I think when you write from an honest place and you are vulnerable, you naturally are gonna go there because it's you're putting a piece of yourself out there. You mm-hmm. cannot be disconnected from it. It's impossible. Yeah. I can, if I'm talking about something that I'm sensitive about, and maybe even writing a song about something that hurt me deeply, mm. you know, singing it is a part of the healing process because mm. it's getting the bravery to relive the experience and then having the bravery to share that with people and mm-hmm. being open with these are my struggles and these are the things that killed me. But. Mm you know if you're dealing with the same thing let's connect together and let's heal each other in this process
3: and i'm a huge jazz fan because i get connected to the sounds the oh blues, yeah. the and you are you can tell you you know you've done your homework because of how connected you are you are to your, you know your thank your, you. your machine mm-hmm. music's your a
6: conversation you mm-hmm. know and like even with jazz like you could play so what by miles davis in so many different tempos and so many different ways but at the end of the day it's a conversation and you can hear that horn sings.
4: Yes, sir.
6: Saying so what? You know what I mean? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Tell us about um, the previous music
6: um, that I've done before. Yeah, man. Um, <laughs> so uh, I had an EP called "What the Future Holds," and I um, when when was this? Oh shoot, maybe like five, six years ago. So we're
2: talking what, like
6: 2012? Mm, something like that. Okay, somewhere around there. Oh, maybe more 2013. Okay, but when I um did that song or those songs like i recorded that in my friend's basement there was Mm. nothing pretentious about it it was just a little garage band set up and one microphone and we were just trying to make things sound cool and that was i didn't have any professional help it was just me and my friends just having fun and wanting to put my songs into something that was tangible for people okay and um man i talked about some stuff on that record about some relationships and things that had going on and um it was just all part of the process of becoming who I wanted to be
2: mm-hmm. so when you when you talk about garage band yeah um what role did your friend play
6: my friend um so I'm like the most untech savvy person in the world it's probably why I play acoustic guitar most of the time there's no buttons mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. <laughs> just some strings and wood That's you know funny. and so he had a, a garage band set up on his mac and he was just like he knew how to work it and so he was just kind of like well let's record it man and you know and we just pull out different instruments and start pulling together so he um, was the one that did the tracking and did the recording for me mm-hmm. yeah and there was times where kenny came in was just like putting background vocals in there for me or like we had an old Rhodes piano and he'd play things on there yeah let me tell you something mentorship is one of the greatest gifts mm-hmm. in the entire world yeah. and when you have somebody that's willing to invest their knowledge and then invest their time Someone yeah. to help them grow. Yeah, like it helps both people. But man, I don't know where I'd be without the mentors that I've had in my life.
2: So the um, Garage Band project, that basically was what you input it into the computer. Yeah. So you inputted your voice. Your voice w- in a microphone.
6: And then a guitar. Guitar Wii- in a separate microphone. Yeah.
2: And then and then your friend. Well, he then what did Kenny it Kenny all. did, like, background? He
6: did some background vocals and played some keys on there. He
2: played keys. So that's another, like, input. Yeah. And then... So and then we
6: didn't record it live, so we did what we call multi-tracking. Oh, okay. So it was kind of like I would track the guitar into a click track, which is like a metronome, mm-hmm. and I would lay down the bed of the guitar. And then we would lay down a percussion in the background and then lay down piano, and then I would sing on top of it. So it was kind of like building blocks. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Now that process, how is that process different from the way you make this project?
6: So much. because there's um, blocks that I weren't aware of. Um, it's just more detailed. Like uh, if you have a 25 piece puzzle for a small child, you know, this project was a little bit more like a hundred pieces to the puzzle. Then I didn't realize that there was that many pieces to the puzzle, and I'm sure So you learned a lot. Oh, totally. What did you learn? That I don't know as much as I thought I did, uh oh, and that um there's more growth to be had, and that's uh-huh. exciting because it's just kind of like, oh man, there's just so much more out there, <laughs> just always discovering that there's more
2: now um this project you went actually into a studio and recorded
6: yeah, so um I went to Quentin's studio and he has a home set up, and then we've been working on a lot of different music um and so I was at um what was the recording compound which is now Collective Studios and that's where I cut um, pretty much everything.
2: So tell us about like who was in the room and what instruments were there and that whole experience. Oh it was so
6: cool because it's a community like you got Turan and Marcus Hunter cutting stuff in the A room, B room was pretty much Quentin's room and then we had Flaw and Ashley's room where they did a lot of writing, a lot of pop music and then You'd go into the C room and it was a lot of hip hop and rap and things going on in there So the best part is you'd get done with your session and then as much as you probably shouldn't be bothering people You'd sneak into rooms and check out other sessions and it was always somebody doing something completely different Mm. So it was exciting to be in a community and it was very easy to be inspired all the time And it was the I think the best part was just being exposed to new artistry Mm -hmm. And just seeing other people growing too Yeah
2: Yeah. and then like Who's in the actual room when you're recording? I mean, in terms of like the instruments.
6: Um, so it depends on the session. Mm-hmm. So like um, I have a song called Move On. When we recorded Move On, I had everybody in the room with me. Mm-hmm. I had a drummer. Um, I had Quentin who played drums. Um, Red, he was in a group, Hot Sauce. Red. Um,
2: what does Red play?
6: Red plays bass. Mm-hmm. Amazing. He's and incredible. Oh, he's that dude's freaking nuts. Yeah. Like the man's just. A he's high energy. Term. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah he really is. Yeah. But um we recorded everything live together. So it was just we just pressed record and then it was my boy Andrew Hill on keys, um Red was on bass, Q was on drums, and then I just had a guitar and a vocal and it was just about finding the best take. And then later we had another session where we had um saxophone or tenor sax, trumpet and trombone and they went in the booth and recorded the horns on top of everything.
2: So for all the songs, how, um, how many how many songs have multiple musicians on them?
6: Um, we have some music coming out later. Okay. Um, that's not coming out just yet, but that's like full produced with horn sections and mm. full band. But when I wanted to really introduce myself to people uh, at this time in my life, I wanted it to be something more stripped down, something okay. more personal. Mm-hmm. So that's when we did... Um, everything's made out of organic things. that aren't even necessarily instruments, like the kick drum noise that you hear on this EP was a cardboard box mm. that we hit the side of and just recorded. Wow. Um, it was built off a lot of snaps. Mm-hmm. The bass, there was no bass. It was Quentin singing the bass parts just by humming. So it's
2: like Bobby McFerrin. Yeah, okay. honestly. Oh my god, that's so dope. So Have it's you seen like his
6: daughters? I haven't seen his daughters. Yeah. imagine they're, they're just They're incredible. Like yeah, they're,
2: they're <laughs> doing the same thing and they're doing like harmonizing. Like they're cute and they kind of look like Beyonce, but it's
6: kind of fresh. I think Bobby McFerrin <laughs> is like, god's gift of voice to the world
4: oh uh, and <laughs> you know, and what you know what's mean?
2: interesting too like when bobby mcferrin uh was big like you know initially that was also a, like a, a time when pop was very like bubblegum candy because you've got you yeah. had at that time like madonna yeah. and these kind of and sheena easton and these kind of like um vocalists who had a whole bunch of production yeah around like this mediocre voice. Yeah. And then like Bobby McFerrin comes out and he completely is doing like Bop from the fifties. Yeah. And like this kind of uh but like he made it modern, like he modernized yeah. it. That's kinda how I see you. Not to necessarily compare you to him but it kind of thank you gave Bye. me that kind of thought. Where I think it's at like the end of the day you can only be yourself.
6: Yeah. I mean nobody else can be me. And as long as I'm constantly building me and growing me to be better, mm-hmm. like my best bet is just to put all my marbles in my basket, and I think great music will always find its way to the forefront. It's just about being persistent, being consistent, and um, being patient, which is a hard thing to do.
2: It's hard to be time. patient. It's hard. To I guess at 25. And every artist. Yeah.
5: Every artist. Every artist
2: has. Because you got dreams. You want to play yeah. the <laughs>
6: the giant stage. And sometimes you gotta play the room with six people, and that's just as important as playing giant stages. Perfect. And, and
2: sometimes you, uh, sometimes you can be, uh, what's the word, the right way to put this? Sometimes you can have like a really um, successful career in a large name, mm-hmm. and n- play a small room.
6: 100%. Perfect example of that. In the middle of Bieber Fever, right? Justin Bieber is selling out stadiums everywhere every freaking girl in the freaking world had a Justin Bieber t-shirt and was obsessed with them, right? And it was gr- the Grammys, and it was Justin Bieber and then Esperanza Spalding going for Artist of the Year, right? Mm-hmm. They gave the Artist of the Year in the middle of Bieber Fever to Esperanza Spaulding, and they said that that year she never played for a room a- above 400 people. In mm. the height of Bieber playing stadiums and world yeah. tours, she didn't play for a room over 400 people. Mm. But that's just... Understand your artist and then captivate them. Mm-hmm. It's the quality at the end of the day. And it's not even the, um, I don't even believe it's about the performance a lot of times in terms of technicalities. They think it's just put everything out on the table. Yeah. Give it all to them. Leave the show empty. Yeah, blood on the floor. And then take the time to fill yourself up again so you can deliver again. So being um,
2: speaking of shows, uh, what do you have coming up? I want to say, like, the rest of this year.
6: Mm-hmm. Or do um, you know? So we're in the process of booking. I don't really know a lot of the things we have lined up just yet because we've been yeah. focused more on the release and getting these gotcha, things together. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But we are planning on an EP release show. Uh, okay. We're looking at the end of July for that. Okay. And so that will stay tuned and keep an eye out for on TreySimonMusic.com. Mm-hmm. All the info will be on there. Okay. And then you should follow me on at TreySimonMusic on Instagram because if you watch my story, you'll see really how much of a goofball I am. And then you'll have all the information and see about when the new music and everything's coming out.
2: Yeah. So tell us about your performance. Because oh. we, we know a lot now about what it's like with you in the studio. So what's it like with you, like, with in playing a room?
6: Playing a room. The same thing. Like what? Um, It's me. Yeah. You know, like um I had an amazing opportunity and I um, opened up for Patty LaBelle. What? And the same performance I did in this room for yeah. the four of us here. It's the same thing I did on stage at Soundboard with Patty LaBelle. What? Cuz it's I mean, it's going into the mentality of it's still a stage. It's the same stage. You should be given the same performance every time. But right. it's um
1: like I said, just
6: digging really, really deep, yeah. and then exposing it at all. Okay, that's what it's about. I am um, crazy. This coffee shop I work at, which is um, Desert Oasis Coffee Roasters, um, you never know who's gonna walk in. Okay, I've met a lot of my favorite artists because they stay. Um, I work at the one in Rochester, yeah. So Royal Park Hotels, two blocks on the street okay so when these big acts stay at DTE and Meadowbrook when they're performing mm-hmm. they stay at Royal Park and a lot of them are looking for a coffee shop so they just walk over
4: mm.
6: so um earth wind and fire were in town Wow right and so um, this guy comes in with these cool dreads eclectic style and he's just vibing and so I had small talk with him a couple of times just like asking about the Wi-Fi or whatever and I remember I was playing Bilal and i was playing sometimes um and i was just vibing with that song and i remember i seen this guy come to the counter and he asked who's playing this music and my coworker worker was like oh that's trey he always plays that stuff he's like what do you know about Bilal? Like, you talking about one of the greatest improv vocalists that we have like he's one mm-hmm. of the most soulful cats we got out there right now and we started just like talking and hitting it off and um the biggest thing that we were talking about is the purpose of the artist and the purpose of the performance and that is to expose your dirt, so that we can heal. And we have to force ourselves to be in the process of healing, mm. because our job is to help other people heal through wow. our process of healing. And here I am. I'm like, oh, so you're an artist? Like, yeah. Where are you from? <laughs> he's like, I'm from LA. And he goes, I'm like, oh, so are you like a solo act? Are you like on tour? He's like, I'm on tour. I'm not a solo act. I was like, so who do you play? I was like, where are you playing? He's like, oh, DTE. And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, I'm well, like, who do you play for? He's like. Oh, Earth, Wind, and Fire. I was like, What's your name? He's like, Philip Bailey. Whoa, it was Philip Bailey Jr., it was right, his son right, who right, sings right. backgrounds right. and the group. And then, um, his dad was in there, but he had like the hat and glasses yeah, yeah, on, yeah. And nobody <laughs> recognized him. Yeah, That's but so cool. coming into the coffee shop, and here I am talking to him, yeah. and he goes, Do you want to come to the show tonight? Whoa, and like he's like, He we were like really vibing about the artistry, so he gave me his phone number yeah. and. Like, we're friends on Facebook and stuff. When and are you
2: going on tour with them? Oh, my God. <laughs> um, I
6: do every night when I go Piper. to sleep in my dreams. Yeah. <laughs> you should
2: hit them up. Be like, remember me, bro?
6: Oh, we do. Uh, I text them from I time made to you time.
2: that mean macchiato.
6: Yeah. <laughs> <O-chor-tado>. <laughs> right? A little flick of the wrist, put a little latte art on top of there. Yeah. Right. I
2: mean, <laughs> so I think that's something that um, is really important that you uh, mentioned, but maybe the necessarily like consciously mention it but like putting yourself in a position to be able to um connect with different people who are in the business and in the industry yeah, yeah. like being at this coffee shop
6: yeah like and it's it's i've just been blessed because i just find myself in the right place at the right time a lot yeah and it's not You're lucky i get real lucky uh-huh. and it's not like um if somebody if your gut tells you that somebody somebody, probably yeah. are. Right. And your gut's telling you to have a conversation for a reason. Mm. So I think a lot of times it's just being brave and just being like, oh, so what are you up to? Are you yeah. an artist or something? And just mm. starting the conversation. And before you know it, like, I mean, I've been backstage to a lot of these shows just yeah. from meeting people and then being like, oh, you want to come hang out? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, totally. Right. I mean, I was backstage. But and- nobody
2: slipped anything in your drink yet
6: no not yet (laughs) thank god (laughs) I don't want that yeah no that's good I don't drink too much these days so I don't have that problem
2: right so I think another thing that's really um really important is um so we you know listen to your music Mm -hmm. and we talked about that you write and we talked about that you um you know are really vulnerable Mm. but I think something that um that I'm really curious about because I always you know I do a lot of social justice stuff or whatever. Yeah. And you talked about, like, not having access to um, music in terms of, like, within your family. hmm But somehow, um, at a young age, you were able to have access to this woman from uh, the DSO. Yeah. Can you talk about that a little bit more in terms of the lessons and how you were able to have access to that?
6: Yeah. Oh, it's been... It's just crazy. Um, I believe that if you chase purpose, purpose will chase you. Yoda. And so <laughs> I love music. Mm-hmm. And there's things that I want to do that I don't know how to do. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times don't even have the people around that can teach me a lot of times. Okay. But, but since I'm pursuing it, it's amazing how I'll find myself in places to where I can learn. And mm-hmm. I think that goes in with being faithful. Okay. And I think that goes in embracing the process mm. all the time. Okay. And so even at a young age and being so passionate about music, it's amazing how um, the right people will f- hit your path, you know. Mm. And I believe that's from my relationship with God and providing a way because mm-hmm. being purposeful in that. But um like those early experiences changed my life yeah. because when you sit in, a th- in like a theater like the DSO yeah. and you see this beautiful orchestra and these ornate walls and these seats and everybody's in suits looking smooth girls are in dresses looking amazing and just seeing people get captivated by literal sound waves and vibrations in the air mm-hmm. and that gave me a passion of I don't really care about playing clubs I don't care about, I, I want to have those experiences.
2: The orchestra
6: The orchestra, the those beautiful theaters and there's just something so um i can't even put it into words There's just something about those early experiences really shaped like the things i chase now Mm. where i want to be an artist where um i can sing for a king or a queen or royalty somewhere Mm -hmm. and sing for world leaders and then sing for what people call the common folk but at the end of the day, we're all great. It's just a matter of what we realize it or not. Mm-hmm. We're all powerful. It's just a matter of if we operate in it or not. Mm-hmm. But, um, I, I, yeah. Wow. And I guess, wow. I, and
2: I, guess I, I think about it, too, because I think about, um, like, my mom's generation or even my grandmother's generation. They all had access to just normally, like, learning how to, you know, do different types of art. Mm -hmm. and and even my mom's generation and then like my generation is more like the 70s that's when that stuff starts to like Mm -hmm. wane off and uh and then it just kept waning off Mm -hmm. and so now um music lessons like learning music yeah is now something that's kind of privileged it's kind of inaccessible yeah to like a lot of people yeah and so um well, not so, but with that, I think about the, the, the business of music or like the industry of music and yeah. people talking about, um, how people don't sing anymore or they mm-hmm. don't, they don't have this. I feel like, especially in hip hop, people have found a way to, um, express themselves without having this knowledge of how, you know, like to play music or read mm-hmm. music. So I think of a person like yourself, mm-hmm. um, being able to make the music that you make, because you actually had access to learn this mm-hmm. craft. Yeah, you know what I mean, and like yeah. how powerful that is. Yeah. Uh, at such you know you're you're a really young person. Even if you know I know you're so called 25, but <laughs> for me as a a grown like 46 year old person, to me I can see how young you are and mm-hmm. how much more life mm-hmm. you you have, you know, hopefully to live. Isn't and exciting. what you've brought, <laughs> you know what I mean, so far. Yeah. At this point where you're like still really new and mm. fresh, and I think about how much more you're going to grow. Like That's as amazing awesome. and awesome as you are now, it's almost unimaginable. You know what I mean? Like how much mm. more you're gonna, how much more incredible you're gonna grow into. And I feel like um, a part of that for me is rooted in that you actually have skill. Thank you. You know what I mean?
6: Yeah, Um, it, it wasn't always that way. Mm-hmm. I got made fun of a ton growing up when I was first playing music. Mm-hmm. Just like people tell me I sucked. And a lot of those bands that I started playing with, they would tell me I didn't have the look or I didn't fit in. So mm-hmm. a lot of times like it wouldn't be for very long. And that's what forced me to be by myself and start writing my own songs and doing things. Mm-hmm. So I'm very grateful for that. But... um. If you just keep pursuing, mm-hmm. you cross paths. It's not a matter of whether you can or cannot do something. It's just a matter of how long are you willing to persist. Mm. And the so opportunities come. But it's, but it's see, dreams are not about chasing opportunities. Okay. It's about being ready for when they come. There you go. Always. And
2: so, how are you? How do you make yourself ready? I mean, I know you do the meditation and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you do any of these types of like? guitar exercises or like chord exercises or like voice If I did, exercises. I wish, I
6: like, if I could afford guitar lessons, mm-hmm. I'd be doing it right now. If okay. I could afford voice lessons, I'd be doing it right now. If I could, I see, I don't know how to read music or anything. Wow. Like, I just.
2: That's all coming from inside. So like,
6: there's still so much to grow. It's just, but I'm a big believer that um, whatever you let in your ears here, yeah, it will naturally come out. Okay. But you just need to be constantly filling yourself up. Yeah. So it's um, I uh, whenever I'm driving the car, I look at it as my um, music education. Yeah. And so in my music education time, um, I look at that as you fill yourself up with a bunch of eclectic music right now, mm-hmm. and it's gonna come out in your playing and in your writing.
2: hmm So speaking of singing and writing, um, can you play us another song?
6: Yeah, um, this is uh, one of the new singles that's coming out on that um, EP, The Acoustic Introduction of Trey Simon. And uh, this song is called Let's Stay Home. And um, I'll just wrap it up with that.
4: that dress you wear the darkness in your hair the way you speak to me tonight dance in the color blue love the way you move maybe could you dance with me cause I know your friends wanna hit the town at night yeah but I can't help let stay Baby, let's stay on Let's stay oh yeah. Sit back and relax While I will rub your back Let your stress fly free Have a glass of wine Look me in the eyes Baby let me say stop this week Cause I know your friends Wanna hit the town tonight Yeah But I can't help that That all the field is right Baby let's stay on Baby let's stay on stay on oh yeah, yeah. Start Bay I just gotta get close to you yeah. I know that you know that love could never leave this place I know that you know That love could never leave this place Leave this place, yeah Baby, let's stay on Baby, let's stay Oh. Put your hand in mine, look me right in the eyes, spend some time with me, so much more.
2: That's so amazing, so beautiful. Thank you um, for that. So just before you leave, um, I wanted to make sure that people know, tell us again the name of that single.
6: That single is Let's Stay Home, and that's going to be on the acoustic introduction of Trey Simon EP, coming out July 13th for pre-order. Um, you can check out my first single that I released, Got Her Anyway. It's on SoundCloud right now. And if you go to TreySimonMusic.com, we have an email list. If you submit your email today, we will send you a free download of the first song. So check it out. Other than that, pre-order on July 13th, we'll have the rest of the music coming out on all sport, um, all sorts of music streaming sites.
2: Okay. And um, so this is Piper Carter Podcast on Detroit is Different. So before we go, though, did you want to um, have anything else, Nina, that you wanted to say about today or Trey or the music or anything?
5: Um, just that, you know, we talked about in the, in the music of today. And, um, you know, I think about Trey and, and love and the universe and all is well and, and love and romance and that sort of thing. And it's a different, um, you know, place to write from mm-hmm. in an age where, you know, love and hip hop and, uh, yeah. you know, love means something different in different mm-hmm. cultures. And what I like about working with Trey is, and I've worked with lots of artists, but what I like about him is that he, when you hear him talk about his music, it really is him. Yeah. Like he's that guy. He is a hopeless romantic. He Aww. loves love and he loves, you know, he wants everybody to just get along. And it's very Yoda and it's very non-traditional right now because you know, you know, people want to see him, you know, write something that's gritty and, right. you know, that might be a little negative and challenging mm-hmm. and, you know, and all of that. And love is not it, you'll hear some of that actually in some of his music that's coming out about how hard love is. Right. So it's not all sunshine and rainbows, but it is classic timeless music that mm-hmm. you'll be able to play Trey, you know, now or 20 years from now. And that's the goal. You okay. know, we're not trying to create something that is overnight. And so, right. with, with the process that, you know, when you want to create something that's timeless and classic like he is, you know, it takes a little longer. You got to season it. You got to flavor. You got to marinate it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, uh, and he's been, he's, he, he, you know, the, he's genuine, yeah. you know. And so, um, yeah, with that being said, we, we, we look forward to everyone listening to the project coming out on Pre-Order 13th. And then everything else will be uploaded to his, to his website on SoundCloud, so you can stream it. Or you can stream me to your paid services, whatever you'd like. At this point, it's just promo. We want everybody to hear it, comment about it, take a listen to it, relate to it. Um, And uh, we look forward to people coming out to the shows that will be happening in the rest of the year. Um, And we appreciate you guys having us on. Yeah. Brittany,
2: anything? As our token millennial? (laughs) Yeah,
3: (laughs) Yeah,
5: token millennial. What do you think about timeless love music?
3: Oh, like I said it's it's very important it's just like when you go to the vatican and you you visit and you look up and you see all the paintings that marco angelou do you you look at the ancient kemet work and it's timeless like he said it he says it's the artist's job to bridge the gap basically that's my favorite saying right now and uh he's doing that by creating timeless music it's what's needed and so thank you piper for bridging the gap with nina she's the inspiration right and yeah. uh, giving us some insight on millennials still creating timeless music. So, um, like I told you, Piper, last week I forgot to wish you a happy 10th episode. We're now rocking on Woo! episode 11. Yeah. Congratulations,
5: Piper. Yeah.
3: So, you know, And this is great,
2: like having a musical guest on, right?
3: Yes. Because a awesome. lot of time we talk about
2: politics and we just be like, rah,
3: rah, rah, what's going on <laughs> in the world?
2: And this is nice, refreshing. And Nina,
3: you, you, you only gave us an hour. You said you were, you were giving us an hour and I was it. You gave us more than an hour. So thank you. Thank you for thank that. You. I and Trey get out, as well. You
2: guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 trapped. She was <laughs> trapped. <laughs> trapped in the mic. So yeah, so this is awesome. I'm definitely um going to get the music. Oh, you know what I forgot to mention? What's that? that I got to, uh, pl- I had the pleasure of photographing yes! Trey. Yeah. Yeah.
6: Piper did the cover and it's amazing. Piper, yeah, it's beautiful. You are like the, the coolest freaking person in the world. Uh, <laughs> I brag about you all the time. I'm like,
1: my friend Piper, she's my friend okay <laughs> I'm, I'm living
2: into millennial status what? <laughs> okay yeah no I mean it was uh, a lot of fun working with you um photographing you you're very photogenic um we had uh fun doing some dangerous stuff like get, getting <laughs> some some great <laughs> pictures and uh you know but the, I really love the artwork I think it's super gorgeous is I like the um, graphics that you guys did on it oh, it's it, it's awesome like I'm really Proud of it. I'm proud to be like a part of it. So yeah, that's dope. I'm um, glad my photography is
5: featured on Piper got the your photo beautiful credit. music. Oh,
2: Yay! Yeah. <laughs> photo credit. Piper so, yeah. Carter Studios.
5: If you're looking for someone to do photos for your uh, uh, next project, yes, yeah, Piper Carter Studios. I'm i just to like put that out there. Thank you, Nina. Man. Absolutely, always.
2: Yeah. So this has been um Piper Carter podcast on Detroit is different. We are going to be um, bringing you more great music from Detroit. Nina is always going to bring you great. Um, music from uh, her curation of (laughs) amazing her taste is just impeccable and um, I'm just really honored that you guys were able to come by and share so much of yourself I feel like this is gonna be a classic interview and then when you are opening for Earth, Wind & Fire next year, <laughs> you'll be uh, you'll be like, I remember when. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, oh so, God. yeah, I this is really dope. will be
6: there with me. Hopefully, I'll
2: and have phone my phone. camera. <laughs> and I'll be like, That's my grandson. No, just kidding. <laughs> 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 so check us out on um, Piper Carter podcast on Detroit is different. Tell your friends, spread the word. And um Send us an email at piper at is and let us know what you think about the podcast, what you think about Trey, um, and let us you know let us know if you want to. Um, we should do some sort of contest to win tickets to like your uh, when you when you have your shindiggy, your first yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to do that. We're going to set that up that and give good. away some tickets yeah, that's so a good so idea. for some people. So yeah, so Very keep good listening, good keep spreading the word, and uh, yeah. Piper Carter Podcast, Detroit is different.
0: We're out. Tune in weekly to the Piper Carter Podcast with Piper Carter for a conscious take on music, arts, politics, and fashion. The founder of We Found Hip Hop has a say on what you should know about culture with a balanced conscience. Subscribe on Apple iTunes or Google Play to the Piper Carter Podcast to hear the stories and thoughts of Piper Carter. Follow Piper Carter on Instagram at Piper Carter.